Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Film with Health. Why are you laughing? <laughs> no, it's funny because I love the film. <laughs> um, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Film with Health. This is the podcast where we talk about iconic female actresses and performances. And we, that's what we do. <laughs> and that's why we're here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like every time the intro changes, and I'm kind of mad peace with that. So yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I'm Jeff. Oh, I'm Chase. Sometimes we don't even say that. So yeah, you know what? You can lick my ass, Diane. Whoa! Because she can do a fucking triple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell um, them what we're talking about. This week we're talking about uh, Margot Robbie's um, "I Tanya," which came out. 2017 correct Mm -hmm. yeah um this is of course the titular role of tanya harding's skating career and margot robbie plays of course tanya harding um i feel like that's i mean as a biopic you don't really need a um, introduction but i find the film way of kind of putting back those pieces of story together Nothing like mm-hmm. the way that the, um, the biopic kind of switches up the pacing and the, um, the telling of that story, retelling of the story. I think that's kind of why I'm kind of drawn into um, watching it. I think that's kind of my, the, the overall analysis and kind of like the, the synopsis of the movie. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, did you know who Tanya Harding was before watching? What did you know about Tanya Harding? I had no idea. You didn't know. Um, you didn't know before watching this, like a few days ago. No, I only. I mean, I of course knew about him. I mean, bypass way of um, Drag Race and um, Olympics. They talked about like, Tanya Harding on Drag Race. Uh, when Denali was on her season, I feel like that was being referenced at some point because, like, a, some skating queens are you know kind of draw her as a point of like reference. Went over like, my um, head. It's like a cynical way of like looking into competitiveness, um, being <laughs> like kind of going your way out of there to like be competitive. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I only knew about Tonya Harding when I first came to Canada, really. Um, it never was like a known figure in Asia, at least. Do you know about Tonya Harding? Um, a little bit. My mom was a competitive figure skater when she was younger. So I feel like there she would always tell me about how um how crazy that world was and how competitive that world was and how girls would like be super mean to each other before they went on the ice to try to get in each other's heads like it was really like psychological warfare on the ice. <laughs> so I mean Tanya Harding did come up but I only knew her as the figure skater who who fucking fucked up that other one <laughs> like what did she do or again? did she what did she do <laughs> yeah 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 we'll get into it but what did she like anyways we'll get into it so for yeah. people who don't know tanya harding was is was i guess an american figure skater um and she's the first woman to successfully first american woman sorry to successfully land a triple axel in competition which part of me is like okay like so someone has done it before like what's the big deal it was a Japanese oh, figure. It was a Japanese. It was a Japanese figure skater who did it before. But Tanya Harding's the first American woman, so obviously everyone thinks she's more important. Um, <laughs> that's true. 
But um, and then there was this whole controversy because her ex-husband um orchestrated an attack on what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? On um the kind Nancy. of uh, Nancy Harrigan. Kerrigan. Kerrigan. Nancy Kerrigan. Sorry. Which everyone, I think is a cute name. Everyone remembers the perpetrator, but never the victim. So sorry, Nancy. <laughs> um, but she there was just a big controversy because there was an attack on her. I think they bashed her knee or something during mm-hmm. a competition, which resulted in a whole trial. And um Tanya Harding um accepted a plea deal, which like I think it could have been way worse for her. For um, sure. I think she came into this deal knowing that probably nothing's going to happen to her career. I mean, we're kind of like jumping forward a little bit, but... Not really. Um, we Not really, because we don't need to talk about it all. In, like, Tanya Harding is a person who lived and existed. Like, we need to talk about who she is. But it right. did fuck up her career. Like, it totally fucked up her career. She could, would, was never allowed to skate again. She, I mean, part of her her overall career has always been dealing with the public image and the public expectation of what a pretty skater would look like and what a pretty competitor would look like. I mean, going back to your point about, I'm assuming skating would be such a competitive sport. Like there are a lot of, not just competition about the skill of itself, but like class issues and like, you know, the way of you portraying yourself i think that's the bigger battle that tanya faces at least in the in the movie itself um i mean she in the movie like keeps talking about it she's constantly out skating these girls but the mm-hmm. bigger issue that she's facing is like her troubled relationship with her mother with her partner with you know her sense of self i think that's the bigger that's something that i got out of from the movie I think. Right. And figure skating and I mean a lot of sports, but like figure skating and dance are what come into my mind. Um, yeah. Did your mom ever watch this movie with you? Yes. But like when it first came out. So I don't remember what her thoughts were, but um, figure skating and dance are super expensive sports um, because you're really um, scored on how you look. A lot of the time, like it's a big component. It was presentation, which the movie deals with. And Tanya comes from a lower income Southern family. Southern, right? Can you say the word redneck? Like, can I like can I say it right now, or is that yeah, something I mean... that? You, are you asking if it's offensive? <laughs> no, I'm I'm asking. I'm 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 checking in. I think because I think that was the first thing that was said in the movie that was the first line of the movie I, I yeah. find that I never got the chance to like really look into what that means so I you never heard wanna... of a redneck before I've heard of it but I, I never used it like I've never really confronted myself with the word um I feel like that was kind of like the thesis of it um yeah I mean redneck is like a derogatory term but it's to like white Americans so who really cares right that's that's fair it just means like do you know where it comes from yeah i mean it's exposure to the sun like i mean they're easily their neck gets easily red so yeah Uh. anyway she (laughs) self-defines as a redneck so she is like a redneck 
woman and eating queen yep. enters this world of like posh and polished and expensive costumes and just these skaters that look a certain way and like jeff said she's out skating them but she's losing because she doesn't have the right look and she's sewing her own costumes my mom used to tell me that her mom my grandmother used to sew all of her costumes but i don't know i've actually never from seen fabric it. or from from animal hides <laughs> i never asked but i'm gonna assume fabric even that uh, rabbit coat it was really chic the movie i find yeah. that super super well made um yeah so tanya lives with grows up with in a very tumultuous situation with her abusive mother in the film played by allison janney who i love and adore and then she gets into a relationship that turns very violent and abusive as well with her husband whose name is escaping me Jeff, that's his name, right? Um, Jeff Gillily, played by Sebastian Stan, which I adore. Yes, played by Sebastian Stan, who is really attractive. Anyways, they get together when they're, Tanya's like 15, he's 18, but they do not look like teens. I'm going to say that right now. They do not so look crazy. like teenagers. They don't even look like young adults when they're doing those teenage <laughs> scenes. Like, I am I know in, like, whatever, I don't know how old Margot was when they filmed this, but you're fighting, like, an uphill battle when you have, like, a grown adult actor that you're trying to portray as a teenager. I get that, but mm -hmm. I've seen it done better. They looked <laughs> fucking old. I mean, it's 15. They're acting in their mid-teens. I think that's a huge reach if they decide yeah. to cast someone different. Um, if they were like 10, like, I mean, just a few years younger, I feel like that the casting decision might make a lot more sense if they cast different people. But Right, because the problem <laughs> becomes like, Margot's not young enough to look 15, but mm. you can't use an entirely different young actor because at 15, you do look enough like you do as an adult for that to be like a really noticeable difference. Yeah. So, I mean, there's like different ways of kind of treating the, how that part can be handled a bit better in terms of costuming. I think that that curly short hair that she has when she was 15 was not something that I, I associate with someone being young in the yeah. 80s or in the 90s. Um, that's, I, I mean, I kind of met peace with it. I mean, my eyes were all on Sebastian's stand, to be honest. Um, and he looked and old fact, too. He looked really old, which I find kind of attractive. He's like the... The boy that will treat you so bad, but gives you the right things, I think. Wow, he's so horrible in this movie. I know. His character's um, really horrible in this movie. Um, oh. I had a I wrote a note, but I didn't give specifics about this note. So I'm like trying to think about what the hell did I mean when I wrote this. See? I said Let's commentary. I said commentary is a little on the nose. Commentary is a little bit on the nose. I don't know what I meant by that. Like her voiceover, maybe? Oh, uh, you mean the voiceover? Um, maybe. I feel like this film, she kind of keeps playing that fourth wall thing that I think will be re a reoccurring both on Birds of Prey and Barbie too. Which, is, I mean, it's a weird like reoccurrence, I, I believe. 
in her work. I, I don't know what I meant by commentary a little on the nose, but I think I meant the voiceover. But then I also wrote, added to that, I said, but does it work for this format? Which I think the Do commentary you mean does. the interview commentary? Like that interjects between... I movie? must have. I must have. Right. Do you, Yeah. Do you think the interview, like the mockumentary format kind of works with this film? I think it works with like... I think it like sort of works. I think it works with ha the fact that like the incident that this is all building to, which is the attack on Nancy, like that is such a contested issue and people from all different sides, like Jeff and Tanya and that other guy whose name I forget, like all have different um, stories and like a series of events that they tell about how things went down. So I think it kind of works with like showing a little bit of what Tanya said happened, showing a little bit of what Jeff said happened and like giving both of those perspectives without really landing on like here's definitively what happened i think in a way that works mm -hmm. but i think that's the only way to add value to the biopic without going back to the story and only looking at tanya as the as the the victim you see in the movie i feel like there are multiple i mean the concept of victim is always like coming in you know, Margot in that movie keeps talking like, this is not my fault. Maybe this is not my fault. Like, there's this, like, you know, if with three fucked up people, like, people don't really take up responsibility. They don't necessarily have the knowledge or the clarity to see themselves as they truly are, as truly how horrible they are. Right. Um, I think that's, I mean, as an audience, you see all those like blind spots being presented. I feel like that's something to add to the story without having it, you know, being oh, being really boring really quickly. I had no choice but to like kind of think of this biopic in relation to the Angela Bassett biopic we did when she was Tina Turner. And to me, I made a note of this. To me, the scale and the stakes of this biopic just feel so much smaller <laughs> like i don't know why i mean like i do know why it's because like tina turner is like fucking tina turner and like they both dealt with abusive relationships but i don't know the stakes of tanya harding's skating career maybe this is bad to say felt much smaller to me like i didn't feel mm. at, nearly as like i wasn't rooting for tanya nearly as much as i rooted for tina I don't right. really know why that is, but I feel like the two artists have different ways of kind of switching between their their craft and maybe their personal relationships. I feel like I mean both of these entertainers, I'm just gonna call them entertainers, they kind of use those like personal conflict as a way to like rechannel some of those energy into their work, whether that's through singing, performing, and skating. Um, but I I, th I think the major difference between the two biopics are the portrayal of family. I feel like I, Tonya places more emphasis on the family dynamic versus I feel like Tina is only the scope. I actually think differently from you. I think Tina Tina's biopic is a little bit more smaller. Um, and I think given I, Tonya's just about her brief career in skating, I think that captures a really specific and successfully that kind of that, like that would portraying that, some but that would mean that tanya's scope is smaller if it's something specific 
But I think in terms of the treatment, I think Aitanya is able to like reach a little bit deeper in terms of having a like a fully developed family dynamic. Um, that's kind of like I feel like looking back, I, I don't think um, what's love got to do with it. There's a lot more meat to it. Um, right. Who knows? I mean, there might be like like episodes in Tina Turner's life get um, probably didn't get permission to to be to be revisited or so on and so forth, right? Um, be, and, and I also think in in continuation of that, I think um, Margo, um Tanya was uh, an act, actively a part of this this project. I think that really helps with you know portrayal, and I think. Um, in the earlier from my quick research, I think the um, early development of the film really helps shape the tone of it um, in making sure like there's like a fair and also um, new take on the story, um, portraying Tanya Harding as this like fully more fully realized and understood person. I um, think maybe they do portray her more flatteringly than she deserves i think that maybe she was more involved in that attack than she likes yeah. to let on and then the film portrays which yeah. i know has been a criticism but mm-hmm. also tina turner was heavily she was one of the producers on her biopic interesting so. i think this i think margot is also a producer for this too yeah um yeah i li- i searched just now what does a film producer do <laughs> they pay the um, money and they get the money <laughs> Yeah, I mean, having your name associated with the project means you're you're not just an actor who is there to act, but having a little bit more creative control over what needs to be done or what gets done or what is not going to be done. Um, yeah, I think looking back from some of the Margot Robbie roles, I feel like um, not just ICU, which we did last episode, I feel like. I'm seeing her name being attached to a lot of productions, which actually tells a more um, interesting story compared to like actresses from previous generation, for example, Angela Bassett, um, who are there to like pick roles. I feel like um, now I'm tending to associate Margot Robbie as someone who's like actively morphing and shaping these projects that she can actually participate in. Um, well, let's talk about her on the acting front. How did you? feel she did i think she did really good but i'm i know this i'm hesitating because i'm trying to recollect some of the scenes um i can uh, maybe we can talk like pick some of the scenes i am the um, the mother and the daughter there's a knife scene that Mm -hmm. alison janey's um character accidentally threw a knife into her arm and there was this like temporarily pause you know as if both of these characters are like just taking it all in and there's no lines in that in that moment it was just like two characters coming together this like like reckoning of like they're fucked up people and the next thing we know Margot Robbie kind of moves out with um, Sebastian Stan's character um I feel like that was like a moment that I tend to that I never got to have with Margot Robbie which is like the more subtle like quiet nuances um which when i like where i kind of like usually associate with her with being really expressive um yeah are there any scenes that you kind of picked on 
Um, I did note down the stabbing scene. I don't know if I feel that Margot Robbie is quietly expressive in this film at all. <laughs> <laughs> Even not when she's skating. Like she's I guess I guess quiet. Face. I guess quiet, but like I'm very impressed with Margot Robbie's like I don't know, like I said in ICU that I think there were some early tendencies in Margot Robbie's style of acting that I saw. And I think that those, that Tanya Harding is the perfect character for those tendencies to kind of like flourish. It's like this, this like, this like sassiness, this like middle finger to the world type of energy that I feel like Margot Robbie plays a lot. Um, And yeah, I think she does a good job. I think there's a lot of physicality in this, this, role i think that even though she doesn't do like the complicated figure skating obviously um even just like the physical like embodiment of how you stand and like how you breathe and how you look at the end of one of those intense figure skating numbers i feel like that's really difficult to like channel especially if you didn't just do the figure skating number you know what i mean like Mm. like when she lands the triple axel like the the expressive joy in her face I think was really nicely done on Margot's yeah. part. I I wish I didn't know about this, but I wish she could have done a little bit more of skating. I know that there are um like body doubles for skating. Um and uh, some of the scenes are being like done by official effects. So I don't know, like I find whenever there's like roles that are physically really demanding, I tend to like I tend to be a little bit cheap, just kind of docking points from acting. <laughs> Why? Because I feel like that's such a cop out. Um, maybe it's again, maybe it's actually about biopics. Sorry, I take that back. Like biopics itself, kind of, you know, you you're kind of following a script, but then I find Margot Robbie is able to like go into it, adding to adding some like more reaction nuances to the role i think that's something that i appreciate a lot yeah now i'm speaking of it i feel like I, i'm liking it more as i'm talking about it um what did you think about allison janney she's amazing she so, I, I she's always been there i i when i was reading about her like she's always there acting in really good roles i love her the, this movie was margot robbie's first oscar nomination which you lost well, she's never won one, so yes, she lost. And um, Alice and Jenny's first nomination and first win. So Alice and Jenny won for this. Um, she's always been like a stage actress. Um, Broadway, um, West End, I think uh, some international touring too. Um, she's a great actor. She's a great comedic actor and she's a solid dramatic actor. And I love yeah. her. And the way she plays this like, I don't even, how would you describe the mom? I don't even know how I would describe the mom. She's. She's there to get shit done. I mean, she's. You know what? I actually don't know. I feel like she's over cynical. Like, I don't even know if cynical is the right word to start with. I know. Um, She's like bitter at life. Like, she's like, she's jaded from just life. She's pretty emotionless, but then like, 
is incredibly abusive but even when she's abusive even in the knife stabbing scene she's like shouting but i feel like even when she shouts there's like there's just like this emotional disconnect i feel like she's just acting in her own world and that's it's hard to portray characters who on screen only have one or very limited motivation to play a character like her i I think being a very demanding mom can get really boring and get one note, but I think she's able to have this consistent slow burn about her um, that also grounds and anchors the film itself. Um, I don't know. I, I, I can't really categorize it, um, but in the way that like her line delivery is also like, like really punchy and like needling like you know going in every 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 moment that she has um and i think a lot of the scenes like she's kind of like the person that's driving the wheel versus margot being the the the, the lead so to speak i think absolutely um, allison jenny and i said this last time i think allison jenny outshines everyone in this film yeah. and how she plays that role do you think that the mom like do you still feel that there's love there for her daughter? I don't think they think about love. I in in that respect, I'm thinking about my family. I think love was never a thing, so to speak. Um, it's only like do this or you can't get anything out of your life. I mean, it's one of those things that when a family is so harsh, there's nothing that you know supports the life. I mean, you can speak so highly about love i don't think that's something that both of them aspire to be they're just like two women in the same household kind of being forced almost like be to be with each other um i think the two characters don't really know what to do with each other other than like channeling it to the same thing which is skating um that got really sad in a moment Sorry. I have amazing parents. I'm just joking. Um, I don't know. I I'm. I wonder. I like. It's kind of poignant, but you know, also, really, uh, like a little heartbreaking to see, like, uh, like a mother acting kind of spiraling, and you know, um, right, just having no way of like articulating what it means to be a mom, and also not able able, like having love for someone but not knowing exactly what to do with it and how to get around with doing that um yeah like what do you think about like her as a mom like how would you describe her as a mom she's a horrible mother although listen she's a horrible mother on the emotional front like the emotional requirements and responsibilities of a mother she does not fulfill and that's just a fact on the front of setting her daughter up for maybe success maybe she's doing okay like she gets her daughter into skating lessons at three years old like she sews her daughter's costumes she takes her she's at her skate meets like she's on paper doing the things that i think a good mother would do it's just like every emotional aspect of it is like manipulative and violent and like detached so 
right? But I mean, to her, it probably feels mandatory. It feels like it's in her obligation to make something happen out of her. Um, right. I feel like she's doing it for to make herself feel better, to at mm-hmm. least kind of salvage some of that sentiment of like being a good mother when she right. can't do it any other way. What do you think of um, Margot and Sebastian? Their chemistry, their relationship, how it evolves. I think I think Sebastian Stan was a personal casting decision. I, I don't know what to think about him. I, other than the fact that he doesn't act as age at all. Um, and also, you know, when when actors are cast in the in the Marvel MCU universe, I am having this like dissonance in my head that I'm only associating with that actor with a particular role. And I'm now realizing that, oh, these actors are actually actors. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes sense. <laughs> I think I experienced that when I see Robert Downey Jr. do anything ever since he was Iron Man, because I I only associate Robert Downey Jr. with Iron Man. Has he done anything since Yeah, he Iron has. Man? He's in Oppenheimer. Like Oh, he's enough. Okay, I mean that's convenient, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, if actors are even casted in MCU, I feel like if they were to venture out and do smaller projects like this, I think I think that's a real testament of like their craft and like their range. Um, versus like having gaining like earning a big paycheck and then kind of like semi-retiring, right? Um, so I wonder what Margot does in the future years too. Um, after that. I wonder if she will kind of like in her career later on, like if she will be able to come back and and do these like more dramatic roles, so to speak. Um, right. Yeah, I, I mean, I think she will probably. Um, and also, I, I think just final note to add to 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 Alice and Janie as a mom, like I think her backstory as her motivation, I don't think that was particularly explored. Um, like right that's true yeah was she like did she grew up in the same similar household did she um like have other siblings like like, i mean like i'm curious about that too Um, the only thing we learned was that her husband anya's father left them right that's it i think sometimes that that is enough for for someone to go you know spiral um when it comes to the relationship of the film, I think that Margot and Sebastian had a good chemistry. I believed them as a relationship once they were grown adults. Like, I think it worked. Yeah, I think they had good chemistry. Yeah, I think they worked too. I think they worked too, but um, there's no but really. Um, Absolutely horrible, dysfunctional, terrible relationship. I know. Like, oh my god. You're also talking to a single person, so that doesn't help. So um I I'm always a real, little bit removed when it comes to like looking watching a relationship unfolding. Um I I kind of always feel like I'm third wheeling someone. Is it just me? You it's probably just me. Really depressing things on this episode. <laughs> it's not depressing, it is true. Okay. Um, just saying. Who knows? Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> but don't be sorry <laughs> when it's a fact. Okay? Because I can pick myself up. Okay? Okay, it works. Um, um, does this movie need to be two hours long? Um, a question that I have been um, huh. 
thinking throughout watching this movie, I don't think there is a way to shorten this. I don't think there's a way to shorten it. I don't honestly feel like when I watch it, I think it's too long. I'm not bored. Like, I'm into it. I, yeah. I like this film. I really like this film, actually. What do you not like about this film? Girl, I've already said. I think the commentary takes away from it a bit. Um, I think that the... um, sometimes the casting makes no sense. Like when they're trying to tell me that Margot and Sebastian are teenagers. That's it. I think that, um, and I think that's a little bit biased. Those are my three things. I think it's maybe a little, portrays Tanya in a more um, unaware light than I think maybe she was in real life. But, you know, we can have a whole conspiracy theory if we want to about what really happened that day. Because the way they portray it is also that Jeff, didn't know that his friend Sean was going to like initiate this attack, right? Like, but who knows if that's true? Maybe Jeff knew. Maybe Jeff knew it was going to happen when it was going to happen. Maybe Tanya knew when it was going to happen. It's like, know. it's like OJ. Did you know OJ Simpson wrote a book? Yeah. Um, if I have done it, how would I have done it? Something yeah, like that. I remember when that book came out. <laughs> that's fucked. Um, yeah. Really cool choice. Yeah. I like this movie because I think it's a refreshing take on biopic. Like being looking back in like 2017 to like recent two years of like the proliferation of biopics, I feel like this is a more, you know, it's a newer play p- pacing. It's a newer way of like treating the story. Right. Um, it doesn't feel like it's a rehash, is what I'm trying to say. I think um in that respect, I feel like they did a really good job in capturing that. Um, and also Margot did, did really well. It's like, I, th- I think this is not going to be her role to be remembered. Um, it's her first Oscar, no? Right. I think that speaks a lot of volumes in terms of like the, prom- like the, the promises that she could bring into her future roles. We really went from absolute horrible, horrible, horrible movie to Oscar nominated, <laughs> Oscar winning film. Do you think she's able to tap into um, the Americanness of it? If that even makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I think she does well with that. Yeah. The, um, the redneck uh, accent was a little bit of a thrown off in the, in the earlier parts of the movie, but I feel like she settles in um, midway through. I think it's believable. I but I don't interact with very many self-declared rednecks. So she's not a great accent actress. No way. Also, Her American accent is strong. Because she spent so many years here, I feel like now she's being recognized as this American actress versus an Australian actress. Um I don't know. Okay, I mean, so her would, American accent is good. <laughs> Probably. Um, maybe we can explore somewhere down the line, like Nicole Kidman versus Margot Robbie. Like they're both from Australia. Oh, we're gonna forget to do that. We're not um, gonna remember that. Yeah, I feel like Nicole. It's like continuously be- being recognized as like an Australian actress. No way. Nicole Kidman has broken into the Hollywood mainstream. She is an A-list actor. Right. Really. Her- her AMC commercial is enough right there. Yeah. We should do an episode about that. Just... 
Uh, what do you um, give this movie on Letterboxd? I think I gave it a four stars. I don't I think, think I letterboxed it, but I would probably give it a four stars as well. Four stars. That's fair. It's a good movie. Maybe four um, and a half. Would you watch it again? Would I mean, you watch this was again? my second time watching it, so would I watch it a third right. time? Yeah. I would. You would watch it again? I would. If I was watching it with someone who hasn't seen it. <laughs> I probably would just watch, like, um, I know on YouTube there are like, split screens comparison of... Um, Tanya Harding skating and um, the the movie clips. It's like it's like a collage. I would right. probably just watch that. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. Like the rewatchability isn't that there for me. Um, right. And again, it's just my personal sentiment against uh, biopics in general. What? Oh, okay, so it's nominated for best actress, best supporting actress. I think it was nominated for something else. Uh, Best original screen script. Um, I'm finding it. Uh, best editing. Boring. Best editing. Mm. All right. Well, God bless everyone. <laughs> Do you have anything more else? You're fully breaking up on my end. The movie, and I'm looking back to Margot Robbie, like way performing. Can you hear me? Uh, you're pretty fucked up. Wait, I think now. It's no, fine. you're pretty fucked up. Oh, no. Can you hear me? Yeah, but it's like a little lagged. What about now? Seems better. Just don't move very much. Can you? How about now? Yeah. Okay. My question was, like, what do you think about this performance, and how does it sit with her emerging career? Um, I think it's a great sort of launching pad for her um, more leading roles. I think that she's definitely overshined by Allison, which I've said before, but like, let's, I'm just trying to look at what she did before this. Yeah, this is like her first movie where it's like, like, this movie is about Tanya Harding. Margot's playing Tanya Harding. Like, this is like, this is like it. Like, the, like, this is like, she's a focus, right? And this is, I think, her first big film that's like that. So, yeah. I think like from maybe it's her choices of like like cat like choosing roles, but I think she's able to like blend into like American popular culture in a way that is so like natural, like Tanya Harding. I mean in future episodes, um um Harley Quinn and also the final episode which we'll be doing Barbie. Um she's kinda like having these like seamless like blend into like American culture. I think that's something that is maybe not surprising. I wonder how that would translate to other actresses through like what makes her so unique. Is it just because of her looks? Um, or is there 
like a bigger conversation to be had about her talent. I mean, of course there, like there's a big correlation there, but I wonder. Cliffhanger. Something to think about. Cliffhanger. 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 I watched Barbie today. Um, we can't talk about it. I don't want to hear anything talk about it. you thought. Okay. Um, but before we wrap up today's episode, are there anything more you would like to add? Absolutely not. I'm trying to end this. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's been so fun talking <laughs> with you. <laughs> oh, don't fucking lie to me. <laughs> um, well... <laughs> What are we talking about this week or the next episode? <laughs> next episode, we are talking about um, Birds of Prey. So Margot Robbie's second portrayal of Harley Quinn out of the three that she's done. I think this is the second one and it's like the Harley Quinn focus. So stick around. Stay tuned. Stick around and stick it in. Subscribe and leave us a review. You can always follow us on Instagram, um, where we post memes irregularly. Oh, regularly. What's our Instagram? It's at Batels Pod, which I will be putting it in the description below. Ooh. All right. Right. Okay, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Goodbye. The word Barbie means something else in Australia. Did you brief Greta about that? What does it mean here? Like a, like a, like a, like a barbecue. barbecue. Oh! <laughs>